0: What's up, y'all? I'm Logan Marie Glitterbomb, and this is the Green Market Agoras podcast where reduce, reuse, recycle meets agra anarchy action. Before we get started on our show today, as usual, I'd like to go through a few announcements first. Uh, Between this and last episode, my final court date was finally scheduled, came and passed. I am officially done, well, with the trial, at least. Thanks to everyone who has donated and continues to donate to my legal fund, I would not have been able to do this without y'all. Thanks to helping me secure... The lawyer that I've gotten, I was able to get pretrial intervention. I have a year of supervision and some community service, and then everything is back to normal, and I can get that completely wiped from my record. So, yay! It is a huge weight off my shoulders, a huge relief. But I do still have to get the rest of that lawyer paid, so please, if you can, donate to my legal fundraiser that C4SS started on my behalf. The link is in the description of this podcast, as well as on the C4SS website, so please support that if you can either by contributing financially, sharing it around, or both. I really cannot thank y'all enough for all the support. I very well may not be free without the help that y'all have given me. So I am super thankful to everyone who is able to make even the smallest donation, or even just boost it. And I know that some people have wanted me to talk more openly about my case on podcasts and elsewhere. So, if you are curious, please reach out to me. I am able to talk about this case now, more openly, now that it is over. So, yeah. Well, without further ado, we will jump right into Slim discussing his experience as a kid being recruited into a white supremacist gang before discovering true skinhead culture in all its multiracial glory. Enjoy! It was a
1: fight for survival, and they were the first people that ever stepped in and decided to protect me in any way, teach me teach me how to fight, you know, give me a, give me a baton and, you know, and show me how to protect myself. And it was, uh, it was what it was. It definitely was, I, I, I would like to say that I am kind of glad I went through that because it, it was an interesting experience to have to be um, an Irish and oppressed when normally you only hear about it being, you know, minorities that are oppressed or, you know, but instead it was, you know, I'm an Irish kid. I'm a poor Irish kid. And it was, it was happening to anyone. It was more about being poor, not really about skin color or what neighborhood I lived in. So anyway, so I learned how to, uh, I learned how to run and hide and be a good chameleon and, and, uh, yeah, first group of people that ever protected me just ended up not being probably the best people. Um, and I want to say that I only knew him for about a month or so. It's probably maybe two months total in my life it's one whole summer pretty much and uh i ended up moving and so that's when i said i met when i moved i ended up skateboarding downtown plumatta street i met somebody down there who was uh just ended up also having a shaved head but was not racist and you know it's it was one of them things you're always somewhere for a reason so glad i met that guy I think his name was miller actually i don't know if that was his last name but I called him Miller, and he just introduced me to a new way of thinking, which was helpful because I was having a hard time pretending that I was like a racist when, like, all of my friends were Spanish and I was actually for, uh, I have a lot for thing for Spanish. My thing is always was a thing, and so it was it was hard to hide all that when you know you don't you're trying to be protected and you're trying to fit in. I I think I was like 12 years old at this point. Maybe I just start I just turned 13. Years old at this point and so i was pretty used to fist fighting and you know and defending myself and uh was good to meet somebody else who was like no 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 you you just you're just misguided dude you just that's not what this was ever about uh you pull the hate portion out of it and uh it does make sense you know on a small level being communal taking care of each other you know but it wasn't uh yeah the hate part i don't know how that even got thrown in there how fascism became part of something i had no idea what i was wrapped up in how big it was i had no idea i just knew some people they invited me into their apartment smoked with me and you know gave me alcohol as a minor did all the things that these gangs will do to you to get you involved and uh and the number one thing they did was only allow me to be exposed to that kind of culture so on my own i'd go home and i would listen to like you know snoop dogg and Ice Cube and stuff, I would go, you know what I mean? I would go, like, listen to my music at my home uh, away from all these guys so they would never know. I just I never identified as one of them, but I had to, like, use them kind of for
0: defense. So, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> but that's I, real. But I'm glad
1: I met Miller because literally when, when I had somebody willing we to sit down and smoke one and just tell me well, how what, and introduce me to my first black skinhead I ever met you know, who was literally, he was just a sharp. He was, you know, he had all the tat He had an Iron Cross tattoo on his right arm. I thought that was some wild shit. And mohawk. And he had a fucking mohawk. And he's huge. little big, big dude. And he was the nicest guy I ever met. He was like, oh man, so glad you come around. And then, so I was like, oh shit, I'm actually being welcomed in another group. I'm actually, oh wow, there is a group that, you know, would welcome me. There are people that make sense that would invite me in that are
0: not. For some war, whatever, whatever the fuck those guys were. For. And so, to discover that skinhead culture actually formed out of
1: out of socialism, out of yeah. a need to to help. Oh yeah, like yeah, I was saying earlier, and out
0: of ska culture and black yeah. culture, like like I
1: was saying earlier, you know the the boots they wore the boots of their fathers that worked, you know, in the mines and the and the jobs, you know, and they and they wore their their large pants because they couldn't afford their own clothes. That's why they used suspenders the to hold them up, and they shaved their heads to. Keep from getting lice and keep from spreading disease you know and that's that's basically what it was all about it was and these kids would stay close to each other and when one of them would panhandle for some some coin he would come and make sure everyone got a piece of the bread he bought you know it was like they 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 took care of one another because their families couldn't afford to so it was the family outside of the family really it's the original mentality of gangs but i think that gang got turned into this the rivalry and the fighting and stuff in our lifetime, but I think before that, before our lifetime, gangs were more just the family outside of the family, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's uh I'm glad I met who I met when I met them because at pin- pinnacle points in my life, it turned me around and it put me on the path I'm on now, which is 100% liberty. But now it's like yeah. I I don't know. It was you have to you have to go through it. You can't just be thrown into it. A lot of these people, they're they're like, oh, you can just be an anti-racist or an anti-this or a pro-that. I'm like, you really can't until you've lived it. You really don't have the justification to say, you know, I can be an anti-skinhead. Then I can say that. I can say I am an anti- an anti-fascist. I am against fascism. I stand for it. I'm not part of the anti-fascist action movement, but I am an anti-fascist. I'm a metalhead, and I don't tolerate fascism. So I don't tolerate totalitarian governments. I don't tolerate oppression. So it's just, it's like, if I wouldn't probably be this way if I didn't have that happen to me before, you know, if I didn't go through the upbringing I went through, being poor, living in trailer parks, you know, stealing to eat, you know, if I didn't have to do all this stuff, I don't know that I would have ever been able to to be enlightened, you know, to what was out there, what I could do, the good I could do with this knowledge, and so that's where I'm at now. So now I I try to help people as much as I can, I volunteer as much as I can, and I teach my kids that. You're you. Be an individual and go out there and do what you want to do. Try to make a difference. That's really all we can do. We live as long as those around us remember us. So you're you really you can live as long as if forever. You can live indefinite if people remember who you were and remember what you did, then you can live forever. Especially if it's good, because if it's bad, they will just scrub that shit from history, and eventually you'll find a small excerpt in a book somewhere that that mentions the, the shit, whatever bad thing you may or may not have done. So, so do a good thing, go out and help people, make a work, a public work or something, do a thing, you know, that you can stand behind where it's like, they name it after you. Cause you just, you know, you threw all of you had into it, you know, like that's how you live forever. Really there's, there shouldn't be statues of anyone. Your name can be, should be on things. That's what I feel like. Someone should dedicate this museum or this thing to this name, fair, done. You see what I mean? There should be not a single statue of any human being in our entire country. Because idolizing someone causes problems. Every time we idolize someone, every time we put someone above us, we cause these problems. We inadvertently are self teaching ourselves that we are not as worthy as this person. We're not as good as this person who a statue is built of. We must always aspire to be as good as them. And I don't believe that's fair. I don't think that's true. No, because they're flawed we're all human good, beings too. We're all as good as that. We're better than that. And if there's going to be statues, and we all deserve a statue, and I think that's just ridiculous. So we should just not have statues. That's where I stand. I take I'm saying, put them all in a museum and be done with this bullshit. I'm done with it. I don't want to idolize any human being over the rest of us. No, we're all we're all
0: in this game together. Uh, that's bullshit. Absolutely. Like yeah. No. And I mean, that's was. <sighs> Really interesting when the debate around the statue here in Gainesville, Old Joe, yeah, that was the
1: one that was here, yeah, yeah.
0: Like Old Joe, I should
1: have paid more attention to it, but I didn't. I mean, <laughs> I knew what was going to happen, and if it's it's like, since I'm so against taxation and I'm against government coercion, I'm against you know people being forced to pay for services they don't use and things like that. Like I just, you know, if you want to have If you want to have a statue on your private property, that's you. Have at it. I'm just saying in the public square on public lands or lands that I'm being forcefully taxed to take care of, I don't really care to idolize anyone. Or any situation or anything. Like that's all what museums are for. Build another museum. Put more murals up. Let people know. Like don't let the history be erased. Like pay attention to it. But you don't have to. We don't have to keep like having it slap us in the face. It's like, we know we messed up. We know that, like every nation, this has been an experiment. This is, we've been flawed. But however, the greatest great has come out of here, has come out of this country. So we can still be that. We can still do that. It's just, I think the idolizing of people, I think the, uh, the uh, allowing of uh, religions to have tax-exempt status and things when we're all taxed, it's like, how about we're just not taxed at all? That'd be, you know, that'd be great we're in a reality now where I would voluntarily pay a tax if I knew that fee was going to something that I'm choosing to have. If I want access to an ambulance to come to my house, sure. I'll throw down on that. They, they're going to need gas and maintenance. I'm, I'm with it. And there's training for the, for the EMTs. Cool. i get it. I'll throw down on that. I voluntarily do that. Do I want police coming to my house? Not really, not really a big fan of that. Um, so in the grand scheme of things, uh, you know, do I want to pay for police protection? It's like, well, you know, is there like a minimal level? Like, you know, there is who do I call on the police? Like, you know, when when the police are the problem? Like, this is, is there is there more? Like, I want to know like how much how much dedication is you know do I have to, do I have to throw down on this? Like, how much money is this going to cost me to possibly have like my dog shot? Like, where are we on this? What am I doing? You know, because I know I need protection. The times that I'm not paying enough attention, and I don't want to live my life ready to draw my fucking six shooter out at any moment to shoot at shadows. Like that's nobody wants to live that way. So would I willingly pay for security? Sure, but I would want to negotiate and understand what that security was and have a say in it. You know, do I want to pay for fire protection? Absolutely. I would willingly pay for fire protection and have these people not have to be subsidized by the government and paid by tax money. I would rather just pay them out of my own pocket willingly. Say yes, y'all deserve this. You guys, literally, y'all, literally. Put out fires. Like this little term, this is there's a term we use, you know, put, put out fires. Like that's that's real. You're really putting out fires. This deserves some kind of compensation that, that I believe I'm willing to pay for. So at the same time, am I willing to pay for health care? It's like I already do. I'm already paying into Medicaid and Medicare every time I get a paycheck. And I don't actually complain about that because they, they take like nothing and pretty much all of the elderly of the country. And there's like way more of them now than there was 20 yeah. years ago. We're living longer. So it's, it's going to inevitably be, you know, it's inevitably going to happen. Um, so I don't mind that, that they're getting the coverage that they need to survive or not, you know, that's fine. So in essence, I've already agreed voluntarily in some essence to an involuntary tax on my, on my earnings to fund what is pretty much a socialist program. To make sure that people have health care who can't afford it. So I'm already paying into that system and and seeing the benefits of it with some elderly poor people that I know, seeing them utilizing this health care to get taken care of. So I know it does work, it does function, so therefore, I'm paying into it. And I'm not going to argue too much and kick and scream. I just wish I had a say. So I don't like not having a say. I don't like
0: people not having a say to what
1: they're paying for. That's all.
0: Exactly. And I think most people That's agree that we don't really have that much control over the institutions that are tax paid. No. I mean, no. think of how many people slip through the cracks and get denied by those same very, you know, Medicare and Medicaid programs that we're talking people,
1: about. I find, you know, more often than not, the, the rumor going around,
0: if you will, <laughs>
1: is that more often than not, people are not getting what they need to get with these subsidized programs. They're not actually getting the care they need. And I believe maybe to an extent that might be on purpose, I'm not going to go around blaming the state or calling the state, you know, like an entity that we don't need or, or that we should abolish or anything. But I'm saying that, like, there are some times where you know they are they are over pushing. I think this might be one of those cases. So I'm for, you know, uh, that they're they're going to, you know, I'm for them doing proper care. I want to know that the money I'm spending on this is, is good care, and they're not giving proper care. And I think it's to sway others to go to. Private. I think there's a reason that they just offer less care and it's in general because it's harder to negotiate with the government. And, uh, you know, they, they'd rather just deal with, with private insurances where they get the payout.
0: Oh, yeah. No, and I mean, am not all doctor, I'm
1: not saying doctors and all medical people are shit. And trust me, like without them, we don't exist. Please mm-hmm. understand that. Um, but they're just like in every institution and in every, everything. There's always some people in there that mean to do bad, that mean to do harm. So it's just, there's always that. There's always people that are out for themselves, even nurses and doctors and other people. They're in it for the money, not in it to help people. And it's, I'm telling you, it's probably the rarest sliver amount. You know, it's probably like a 0.0001% of them. But they are there, just like there's, you know, out of a thousand humans lined up. One of them's probably a racist. Has, has fucked up thoughts on their mind or has done a felony or something like that. It's, it's, it is what it is. It's like, it's just,
0: it's a statistic. just. You know. And I mean when we <laughs> when education to become <laughs> a medical professional costs so damn much they're incentivized to try and melt the job for money. So I mean it, it it's <laughs> a vicious me. cycle in that <laughs> my, sense. Yeah. I have a lung
1: problems so
0: I you Hear me occasionally I clear, clear my head. But so oh you're fine. But yeah, no, I mean you get They are incentivized in a major fucking way to try and milk that for money at times, and you have a lot of people who still go into that profession not worried about that so much, and you do have low-level jobs that don't cost as much to, you know, get the education to go for, but, yeah, you do have a number of them who are incentivized to make money, and then also... The pharmaceutical companies, sure, you got some you got scientists who are there who are absolutely fucking trying to do it for good, but you have a lot of pharmaceutical companies themselves who are just in it for the profits, and that's I mean, just look at the Martin Shkreli bullshit with him spiking prices and things like that. We see it all Mind the time. Believe,
1: I do believe the market finally. They, they it took a while. They did hang him out for it. Like he did get get effed in the b over that. Like you know, people went to other companies. Other contracts were accepted. Like you know, so I do like the fact that there is still, for now, there is still. a, a you know, you can still get in trouble. You know, it still comes around to bite you in the ass later when you go around being a douche.
0: Yeah, but I mean, he also had some patent protection as well that ended up shielding him from market competition to a certain extent. But you did have the biohackers and shit, a lot of the folks in Four Thieves, they actually came up with the EpiPencil, which it's an open source blueprint to make like a $30 version of an EpiPen out of just shit you can get from the store. That's, you know, approximately about 30 bucks. And it's just like, you can build that shit for yourself for way cheaper. And there's blueprints online. Try
1: right, this. This is a
0: Imperial Red that I made.
1: Oh. Yeah, I get bored. I get around in my bunker here where I make my potions. And I, I consult with the, the Clockwork Elves. I am a wizard after
0: all. <laughs> Ooh, this is really tasty. Damn. So you homebrew actually a decent bet, because every time mm-hmm. I come over here, you have something going. Right. Yeah, and I'm always brewing. I love that.
1: Just love a stockpile in... of beer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and,
0: and that's not the only thing you do as far as, like, just prepping homesteading style shit jam, for being Stella's, a... all that sense, Yeah.
1: Yeah, so I taught my wife how to make jam. I can say that in a... It, she made, And
0: now she, she makes jam way better than I. Do. We need more of this, honestly. This is kind of the base of how we want to organize a society. And it makes sense as being more self-reliant, both as individuals and as, you know, more importantly mm-hmm. as a community. Local food systems and... I like brewing. I like growing
1: my own food. That's been fun. I miss the farm, so I'm going back to a farm. As soon as I get a chance, I had sheep, I had cows, we had ducks, we had, at one point I had 46 chickens. Uh, It was just ridiculous, you know, and we had, uh, we get like five dozen eggs every day. And so I would just sell them for $3 a dozen. That's awesome. And People are selling them for eight and 12 bucks a dozen. And I'm like, why the hell would you do that? And they're like, to pay for the food. I'm like, but I get so many and my chickens eat spaghetti. So like after we do a big pot of spaghetti, we just dump it in the chicken coop. And they eat the shit out of the spaghetti. I don't know, maybe they think it's worms, but, but like my my chickens, like I started going out there and those guys were in like zoot suits and shit. Their hair was combed to one side, like this shit was crazy. They were just like, Where's the fucking linguine, you motherfucker? You know, like it was awesome. So we just kept feeding them like you know, all of our leftovers. Uh anything canned that we ate, you know, mashed potatoes, gravy, stuffing. They literally we try to avoid too much salt, but they would eat the shit out of everything. So like I would literally take an entire chicken that we had eaten and taken oh, shit off of, no. and put the chicken in the chicken coop, and the chickens would clean the chicken down to bones. And then I'd come in the next day and be like, done! And go through the trash. Good job, chickens! And they're all happy, and they're all cannibalistically happy. And I
0: mean, have they, a
1: and...
0: they eat their own <laughs> eggs. That's not even shit. Funny. They don't eat each other. They do eat their own <laughs> eggs, though. Like, they, they fucking have... They do all the time. Yeah, no, I mean, they get there,
1: They know, there's too many or too few or there's too many or they'll know if the shell's too soft and it won't make it. They just kill it and they'll eat it if they do it. And if they keep eating them, that's the problem is once they realize they
0: they will keep eating them and keep eating them.
1: You have to pull that hen out. Yeah,
0: I mean, if they if 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 they know it's unfertilized and it's left there for a while, they will eventually eat it farm that I lived at, we would roast the eggshells after after we would eat the eggs, we would sure. roast the eggshells. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And then we would actually feed the roasted eggshells to the chicken. So that way it didn't have like the internal, you know, goop and shit. So they didn't get a taste for that got it but they did get the protein from the shells and shit cuz why the hell not so i definitely there's not a reason to not reuse shit like that honestly we tend to we we tend to throw out a lot of food that could be fed to animals that could be composted that could be utilized um, we can throw out a lot of food that ain't bad and can be fed to other humans. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't
1: do that. Like, the thing is, the sheep, the sheep will eat, the cows will eat. You know, any fruits, any vegetables you have, and so we had in our side yard. I don't know how this happened, but all are there our first season, and the side yard suddenly there's watermelon plants, like just well, they're vines, you know, but they're growing in our yard, and I'm like, all right, don't mow, I'm like stop, don't mow, like let them grow. So they spread out and they take over this entire side yard, which is one quarter acre fenced off from a seven acre and a four acre. Like the whole property was a little over 10 and it was busted off and cross fenced into like, multiple, you know, multiple uh, uh, fields so we can move the animals around and, and what have you. It was really nice. It was really set up. But I was renting this and I was paying, I want to say it was like 1600 a month for this place, but it was like 10 acres, you know. And I loved it, you know, uh, anyway, so animals. So we ended up, I ended up learning like some harsh ass lessons raising animals. And I come from a family that taught me, you know, they were uh, Irish poor, so they were big on hunting. They were big on like farming, skinning animals and all that stuff. And I guess my mother. I thank her, but I don't thank her at the same time. She kind of shielded me from a lot of that, and I probably I kind of wish maybe I was I was introduced to that earlier because it wouldn't have been such a shock, you know. When I'm I'm suddenly thirteen years old and we're like castrating hogs and doing like crazy shit, like we're out we're out fucking being farmers, you know. We're out farming, and it was just a hell of a wake up call. So I wish I had known about this, but it didn't change until I saw my my children eating like i had all my animals had names and i pet them and scratch behind their ears and they chase me around the field i had, literally had three bowls holstein bowls and it was a uh, six sheep and one little goat but they would they would chase me all the way around the field and just jump in the air with excitement and dance they were all happy rock jump around they're all happy you know they just out there with the shepherd or whatever running around in the field. It was interesting and then having to shoot them to kill them to eat them was really kind of messed up cuz uh it was hard. It was hard to do. But I didn't have a job and we needed to eat. And so, you know, we I started, you know, one by one, you know, kill them off and uh and yeah, and I just it, it, yeah, learned a lot fast. I mean, I'd seen my family doing it as a kid. My mom never had me go in and cut up animals or do any of that stuff. And then there I was like in my kitchen, you know, with an actual handsaw. you know what I'm saying? Like cutting the this cow into steaks and, and grinding it. I had a little, I have a grinder now. Yeah, I mean, it's a hand grinder. Constantly take it apart every like two minutes to get the out. out Yeah, it was a damn hand grinder. So we're making food and the kids ate. My family ate on that, and we're a family of seven, and we ate on that for over a year and a half. We had red meat for a year and a half, and we did them cows up, like, and I deep freezer full, fridge full, you know, and I did not have to pay for food for a really, really, really long time because I also had outside raised bed gardens, so I had okra, I had green beans, I had tomatoes, I had all the peppers I could want. You know, and we had two different vine setups, not to mention, I was telling you about the watermelon. So the whole yard filled with watermelon plants, right? Back to that. And we would take the watermelon and they only grew to be like, I mean, they weren't like, they weren't good. You'd stomp on one and you'd go to like, taste it. It was still green watermelon. It's like, it's not a watermelon. You know what I mean? It's still young, but we would bust them and throw them to the cows and they would eat them. You know, and it was just like, I had this ecosystem on the property. It was like, these watermelons were growing for free. I was feeding them to the cows that I that I had gotten for free. They were eating for free. They had grass they could eat for free. You know, and it costed me a, a bullet to basically shoot one and to cut it up and, you know, like feed my family for a long time. And it was uh it was an interesting experience. And I definitely when I got away from it, I was like, Yeah, I'm not going back to that And then in the last few months I'd just been like, Yep, yeah, I wanna go right back to that. I'd rather nothing more than that. That's this city is insane. I need to get out of these neighborhoods. I need to, you know, the the violence, the craziness. It's like citizens no longer know how to handle themselves. I don't want to be around this anymore. Um, I'm from the farm. I'll go back to the farm, and I'll and I'll and I'll bring people with me. And that's the cool part. This time is I have a different mentality about it now. It's like, you know, if I'm able to have the privilege of being able to buy back the land the government should have never owned in the first place, you know, to like build my land or you know what I mean, like. To build my build my dreams on it, and it's like I'm gonna get land, and I'm gonna use that land to sustain. And so I'm gonna want help on that land you know, to sustain. So it'll be fun. Become like a community, get out there,
0: build a you know, uh, little uh, commune your cult or whatever. Yeah, right. And we'll all uh, we'll all
1: worship the giant wise owl and uh, some weird weird offshoot of Vishnu from. Indian culture or something. We'll figure something out. We'll talk about like the pine trees being alive. I don't know. We'll do something. But I will stockpile some purple Kool-Aid
0: just for the time. You know, we need all the and guns so the ATF can come after you. Yeah, we love that too. That's cool. We love the AFT. Those guys are the, the
1: AFT. Those guys are the best. Ah, yeah.
0: uh... cool.
1: they're unnecessary. A lot of the alphabet. Agencies are unnecessary. They're just over us. They're just overloading over the citizenry. It's silly. Oh, but regulations need that. You gotta have regulations. It's like, do you though? Like, but do you? Do we need the Food and Drug Administration? But do we, like, do we need someone to tell us what is flammable? Like, I know what's flammable. Like, you don't have to put a warning on it. I get it. Right? Like, so let, let's let's just do that. Like, the FDA. I, ha- I can't just grow my own food, jar it and sell it to somebody or trade it for goods and services. I can't do it, it's not legal because the government doesn't get its cut. So I have to have approval. I gotta pay an inspector to come inspect my shit, right? How about if I sell a jar to somebody and they get sick and they sue me? Well, it'll probably stop me selling jars and chicken noodle soup, right? Like that's why that system's in place. So there's already a check and a balance. Why do we need the uh, the extra bureaucracy? Like why? Who's a benefit?
0: What's I mean, it paid for?
1: who's whose corner office is you know subsidized by that payment? Like seriously, like what government employee was could not be utilized?
0: The is there not the argument though in that? Is there not the argument that absent you know the state regulations in that system uh, that? they would just be kind of to the whim of who has the more money to be able to fucking deal with the justice system. Deal with that, too. The rich, you know. Being able to get get away with a lot Come on, we all know
1: O.J. Kilder. Like, come on. Yeah. I'll go on record saying I believe O.J. Kilder. And he got off, and and, and that was one time where they tried to be like, see, you know, being a minority, like, you can get... It's like, no, no, being rich, you can fucking... You can get out of it. Had nothing to do with the fact that he was a minority. Had everything to do with the fact that he was a fucking almost billionaire, you know. I should probably look that up. Don't quote me on that. He's probably like
0: a millionaire, or whatever. But But like all these corporations that exist now, now granted they wouldn't exist on on an actual free market, but like yeah, would, some of these them. bigger businesses, they could get away with your business practices if they had the money to throw throw behind it
1: if you had enough people stop going and utilizing their service it matters and that's the issue of why we have the right to freedom of speech we gotta be able to come out and tell everyone else like hey man their practices are fucked you know like the prisons things you know like Mm -hmm. you were doing the protesting you know treatment of prisoners and stuff like it's the same kind of concept
0: so why don't you think that more so why don't we see more libertarians out Protesting businesses that have bad business practices or Paranoid. things. Paranoia. Libertarians
1: don't tend to. They don't tend to hide their identity, right? Because they're, they're oh, I'm proud of who I am or whatever. I don't know what it is, but in my case, I've just never been. I'm not. I'm just not scared. I'm not. You know. I know already because I'm a libertarian because I registered in the third party that I am on a watch list somewhere. I knew. The moment that I became an officer in that party, that I was going to have my phones tapped, my internet, you know, all my emails are getting rerouted. I'm not stupid. But at the same time, I'm not going to go around being a paranoid, you know, buckass trying to be like, you know, I don't want to live my life because these people are going to be monitoring me. It's like, yeah, they're going to monitor all of us. But on the same note, I can sit here and tell you hey, man, I have nothing to be scared of, so let them monitor me all day. But I don't want that to be something that other people have to say. I don't want that to be a mentality that is normalized. I don't want that. I don't want people to be like, whoa, if you didn't have nothing to hide, you know, Nazis did that shit. Like, if you didn't have anything to hide from the party, you know, <laughs> you'd show up to the Nazi rally. You know, like, God damn it. Like, no, like, I don't want that to start happening here even for, you know, on different... act, But it's the same thing in the end. I don't want that here. So I want things in the open. So a lot of libertarians... I believe personally are too timid to go out and to put themselves out like that to make themselves uh, an enemy of the state, if you will. Even though they they hate the state, they hate all that. You know, it's to be an enemy of the state. This has actual consequences nowadays. That we've granted the state so much power. Look at it as what it is. It's right in front of your face. This is what I tell the people that I work with every day. You know, these minority my friend. They're actually my friends. Half half the people that work with me are. Either Mexican, uh, from Paraguay, uh, Cuba, you know, and Puerto Rican. And so, like, they their perspective on a lot of this stuff is really, like, it's helped me to catch that outside perspective. It's like, this is all nonsensical.
0: We are not headed to a good place. Something has to be done. But I'm not even talking about, like, protesting against the state. I'm talking about, like, in the marketplace when bad businesses have bad practices. Why is the mentality in in, in right libertarian circles predominantly it's your right not to bake the cake, not it's your right to boycott the company that bakes the cake, and right. we should all do that?
1: That's something I don't understand either, because my stance would be, like, you have the right to boycott and deny request of services from anyone that you don't want that is like your last real liberty that you have is to make your decision on where you spend your your capital so i don't know like i could tell you like i don't i don't get along with a lot of the caucus different caucuses you know I, i think i identify more with the radical caucus and it only has to do with bringing back that like voluntarist mentality it's like you know if you're doing stuff and you're subsidized by the government to do stuff that is actually harming or oppressing someone, shouldn't that be looked at? Shouldn't that be uh-huh. a question? Questionable practice, like right? So, so I differ from a lot of the libertarians in that way, and I always have. I've always been kind of a wild card, and uh, but I mostly I, I identify as a little L libertarian because it, in the end, really, it's my respect of other people's will to do what they want and be who they are that kind of like defines the fact that i'm not going to be an oppressor in any form in any way shape or form but i will also not tolerate oppression of anyone in any shape or form you know so it's still it's not just like oh i just i won't tolerate people oppressing me and and whatever my ideology is it's like no i don't i don't tolerate oppression in any form so all laws and all things that are oppressive and all institutions that are oppressive need to be abolished or removed completely. and it's The best way to do that has always been the ballot box has been. But but if you're getting to where a lot of us have gotten, where you no longer feel like your vote matters, you no longer feel like you're being counted, you almost feel like the anarchist vote is thrown aside, which it probably is, you know, most likely. Um, Then, yeah, like, what do you have now to do? What do you have left to resort to when you feel like it's a corrupt voting system? What do you now have?
0: Mutual aid and direct action. That's it, because you don't have any other thing you can
1: fall back on. Now, everybody, we all need to act on this. And we, but that's the point is like, how do we get on board with the same idea? How do we get on board knowing that we don't have to agree on everything, but this needs to be fixed. And then it's, how do we fix it? I am not that person. I am not that intelligent. I did not go to school for that. That is not where my brain goes. Like I literally am on, a. am a scratch the surface person. I am, I am a, yeah, one human adult person that I don't want to get that deep into this stuff because it'll just drive you crazy. Make you upset. You don't have any control over yourself. It's, it's a facade, and so it's it's depressing, and you don't want to think on it much. What I tried to do, and what I continue to try to do, is make a difference. And the best way I see possible, I don't want you know. Violence is not the we can't do that. King was right. Like it doesn't. It isn't the answer. It just creates more radicals. The more violent one is to the other, you just create more radicals the more the police state crunches down and becomes fascist. You create more communist-minded radicals. The more that communists uh, target people that they don't know and, and mistake them for the threat that they seek, is the more you create these these nationalists, uh, you know what I'm saying? It's the same thing. It just it begets, it begets, it begets. They just back and forth. There's never a fix to it. So I know that there's a fix to it. And we have to figure out the way to do it that, that brings everybody together, you know, sparks one up on one end, pops the top on the other. And we're all like, oh, you're right. Yeah, we actually should consider how other people feel about everything we do when it's based on government. And their only position to exist in this entire world is to protect the rights of you, me, and every single person here. It is to protect our rights. They have no power. We're not supposed to own land. We weren't supposed to have a standing army. None of that. We weren't supposed to do any of that shit. I'd love to go back to that, minus the whole, you know, segregation crap, which, you know, like I wish that, Sometimes I juggle my life. I'm like, ah, oh, you know, if it was just we just back, you know, back when everybody was just, you know, razzle-dazzle and things are just rad, you know, and stuff, but we'll never go back to that because even that mentality was flawed. We just didn't see it.
0: Yeah, We didn't I know mean, who was, didn't know was benefiting.
1: Was... You know what I'm saying? We might have been part of that benefiting team, so a lot of people don't look at that. They don't look at the fact that, like, oh, I benefited from this, this wave of social, you know, change that happened It's like yeah,
0: so it happens. Yeah, there's the side of the <laughs> American Revolution and the <laughs> American Project in which it was a continuation of Enlightenment ideals and some of the very ideals that anarchism took and championed. So you know, liberty. And
1: stuff I. I mean, you that's, know. Why, that's why I really... I, I, uh, I, was, I appreciate our talks that we have. So.
0: Yeah. But, on the other hand, it was a bunch of it was uh, the american revolution was led by the wealthy who were trying to maintain their the own power and their own wealth and who established rule underneath them and got one of the richest fucking people in america at the time george washington to be their president there. and there. it there. was built there. on you know it was built on the backs of the indigenous who we slaughtered to fucking take this land. It was built on the backs of, sla- you know, of of African, Asian, and indigenous slaves, like, yeah, they, and they, and, and indentured servitude, sold, sold and, and then,
1: yeah, they
0: were great like, right. yeah, indentured servants, sure. all that. Like, it's just this country's built on slave labor. Yeah, they're, 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 no, no, and it really sucks. Like even nowadays, we still haven't gotten rid of slave labor. It's completely legal in right. the Thirteenth Amendment. Yep.
1: Chains around your ankles on the side of the road cleaning it. That is completely legal. Meow. Yeah. We are dealing with. Yeah, That's legit. I'm not for it. I'm yeah. for them getting a, a working wage, but they won't do that because they're prisoners and they don't classify citizens, which is bullshit. They're they're owned by the state. They have literally been claimed. Is owned by the institution they're put into which can be private
0: and this private
1: institution owns you owns your means of labor owns everything you do is is theirs now it's like that's yeah so my thoughts on the prison prison system is is really i don't i don't have an answer for that either Uh, i don't agree with the way we (laughs) handle things i don't agree with the death penalty because i don't believe in state sanctioned murder so uh even if the person's a murderer like i'm just saying like i don't have an answer as to how to appease those that have lost or suffered i don't have an answer i'm not that person i don't have the education to have an answer so
0: so fucking what advice do you have out there for libertarians anarchists trying to fucking make the world a little better or maybe uh uh people who See family or friends going down some uh shitty paths, let's say.
1: <laughs> uh, just liberty. Come to liberty. Because it's pretty much the best of all, all the worlds and all the camps. Like there there is a level of liberty that is pushed by everyone in the end. And maybe the liberty to one is oppressive to another. So just be mindful of that. But really what you're trying to come to is you're trying to come to liberty, and uh, you know have everybody have their own say, have everybody exist, everybody matter, um, and everybody be able to sustain. So, if you got to volunteer to do that, then I'd suggest you get off your ass and you go into like I do, you know? clean a highway. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, support a local uh, a soup kitchen. You know what I mean? Like go donate some time, volunteer some of your lifetime, because really in the end. As a volunteerist, what I try to tell everybody is that like my lifetime is the thing that I barter for the capital that I use to get the ser- to the services that I want. So like my lifetime is valuable. The time that I exist on this planet to me has, has a value. And that's the value I request when I work or when I do things. You know, that's that's where I'm at. So I I believe that uh, you know when you can help somebody else Who's not getting what they're valued for, what they should be getting? And like the true, the truest reward you should ever seek is just the satisfaction of knowing that you were in the position to help somebody, and that it was because you were probably in this country, living in this time right now that you were able to do that because something happened that benefited you. you know, when they talk about privilege, that is what that privilege is. It's not about white privilege or this or that. That's it's called privilege. And it is there, and some of us have had it, some of us get it, we don't even know we had it, and we don't even know what these these people are decrying and what they're arguing over we don't and and, and trying to tell us they're teaching us something, and we we don't hear it because we don't understand, and we're not going to understand and that's why I try to tell so many people that are out there being like well, you know, like white lives matter, purple lives matter. And I'm like, yes, everyone's lives matter, but that's not what's happening right now. Right now what we're trying to do is we're just trying to tell you that black lives matter. And until black lives matter, like everyone else's lives matter, then all lives really can't fucking matter. And that's really all that's ever being said. It, you know, as an organization is one thing, but the message ever since Corey Jones, you know, my, 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 my wife's, okay, so my wife's brother was in a band called The Dead Presidents. And Corey Jones was their drummer, and he was murdered by Newman Raja, the off duty uh, police officer in plain clothes that came up on and broke down on the Palm Beach Gardens off ramp and murdered him. You know, and he, and he totally killed, killed this kid. And so, we started this, you know, this hashtag keep the beat alive and a bunch of stuff. You know, we're really pushing this. I actually have a set of drumsticks in my closet right now that I they're all chipped because he gave them to one of my kids, he met my children, and they were like, oh, this is the coolest guy, right? And he totally was a chill dude, he wasn't a criminal dude, he just happened to be black, and he happened to be on the off-ramp in Palm Beach Gardens at fucking, like, 2.33 in the morning after a show, and he got fucking murdered for it, you know? And this is the shit that brings it to your attention, and you can't, you can't wait until it affects you personally like this. You have to start doing something now. You have to say something now. That's all. So, like, that that caught me, and that's been kind of what I've been doing lately. Is I've been bringing attention to police brutality and, and to just overplaying you know, the hand of the state. It it is detrimental to everyone, and that's this can't happen anymore. You know, and they're saying, you know, that res- if we resolve to violence, you know, it's treason and it's or domestic terrorists and all this, but it's like you can only back badger into the corner you know, so much, like, he has nowhere to go, and you're running up to him, you've taken everything that he has, and now you're basically saying, you're going to take his life, and you're wondering why these badgers are fucking defending and and taking these steps, and they're prepping, and they're preparing for this stuff, because they don't want to be backed into a corner anymore. That's not the way of life that was ever thought of for us. It's not what they envisioned when they created this. country. I don't I'm not
0: they may or may not have been. I was not there. I also that, but you know. uh, I mean, it seemed that as far as uh, as far as a lot of people of color go in this country, yeah, unfortunately, that might have been a little bit of their vision, at least some of them. But you know, it's we can well, move we past change, that. We, we can move past change. that.
1: To change both political major parties and have them become the polar opposites of what they once were. Saying. Yeah. You had Democrat Party, it was racist as shit. And now they're the party it tried to be the party of the people, if you will. You know, you had the Republicans who were pro, but you you find very rarely any minorities in the Republican Party up until the last couple of elections where I was a little off put these last few elections, being the anarchists and sitting back and watching like how the Democrat Party offered bunch of old white men you know and like the republican party had like a cuban uh, you know a puerto rican a, a black gentleman a black female like you know what i mean they had like all these and, and another female of course what was her name carly whatever that she was batshit crazy but but i'm saying they had, they had offered like a different array and it just it strikes me you know is we don't notice the underhanded tactics being played here it's like the parties have switched but they're the same party. They always have been. They've always been pro the same shit. So This is where our problem is.
0: Yeah, Democrats Get out and Republicans are
1: the same. Get out and join a third party. Get out from under the oligarchs. Get out from under the corporations. That's what you have to do. And that's what I did. And this is the closest that I have to it. The libertarian movement has been the closest that I've been able to find towards voluntarist anarchism, which is what I want. And that's and this is why I'm supporting the Libertarian Party why i while. Green Party. is because this is literally the way to it. You have to become official to slap them in the face with that gauntlet, you know, until they can see you and, and, and you know and, and smell your breath and taste the spit you're firing off your mouth, they're not going to be afraid of you. They're never going to take you seriously. The Green Party had its chance and it gobbled its balls. You saw it happen. We all saw it happen. So it's done. So what's left? The Constitutionalist Party. <laughs> Eat a dick. That's not happening. Like the Tea Party, that was a phase. So where are we now? Where are we now? So I'm saying I'm looking at it in terms of like the Libertarian parties like the last. That's it. That's what we have. And, and we can go inside of that and utilize this to get where we need to get. And then we can argue amongst ourselves once we're there. I'm totally for that. But for now, we need to get to this this middle ground for all of us right now. We need to get there because people are hungry. People don't have jobs. all right. People are oppressed. OK, like it is happening. You're an idiot if you don't think it's happening. And states are becoming oppressive. And this is it. This is what we're supposed to be watching for. All of us. Whatever our whatever our persuasion, whatever our, theology, whatever our religion, our stance is. Like, this is what every religious book, everything ever told you to watch for. Watch for the state to oppress you. And here we fucking are. Being completely oppressed. And everyone is just putting their fucking hands in the air and living their life. And that's I, I cannot do it anymore. So, so I got I to gotta activate. I got to protest. I got to go out. And libertarians may not want to do it because they don't want to lose what they have. And me, I got nothing to lose. So I'm all in, you know? So I'll go out. What are they going to do to me? What can they do to me? I don't own anything. You can't take shit from me. Like, I'm renting this house. You know, like, what are you going to take? My $200 fucking car out front? Good luck. It's got some problems. You need to spend a lot of money to get it running. You know, like, what do you got for me? You got nothing. So all I can do is be the loudest cog, the loudest wheel, you know, make the loudest noise because they say the squeaky wheel gets the grease and that's where it's at. I'm hoping the grease isn't lined up and shot, you know, near the nearest embankment. But I'm hoping that that grease actually starts to help the neighborhood and community that I'm part of and the people that I'm around and emboldens them and gives them the tools that they need to survive so that they can go on and have businesses and grow families and fucking this is what the American Dream was all about and we're totally losing our pathway what the hell is happening right now it was never to get unlimited handouts and it was never to work until you fucking die so like where do we where do we find a middle ground on this where you can still you know what I mean where the American dream is obtainable for everyone you know and I've heard the argument like yo, we're all given the same chance we're just not granted the same results but really the more you look into it on a sociological point standpoint like it it's not equal There are, it's not an equal ground, you know, and it it doesn't really seem to matter the way what I've seen. It didn't really seem to matter really what your, your background heritage was. It was your financial stance. And it seemed to only ever be the real defining, defining factor between us all that divided us. It was like, you know, how much you had or what, you know what I mean? Mm
0: -hmm. And so
1: recognizing that puts me at odds with a lot of libertarians. They're like, oh, now you're talking commie. And it's like, that's not what I'm doing. I'm trying to just say like, look at what's in front of your face and make an educated judgment call. And that's what I did. And yes, I can use more education. That's why I enjoy these kind of talks because I need to be educated. I learn every day. Wisdom is earned. I want to be wrong about a lot of the things I have, the premonitions and the pre, you know pre-cog shit I have. I want it to be wrong. But I won't know. And I won't know my own flaws until someone else critiques me. till someone else tells me, you know, you're thinking about it like this. But why don't you think about it like this? Holy fuck, I never thought about that. We are now besties. This, bump, Like, what the fuck, you know? And there's needs to be so much more of that. And there's just not. And so that's my change to the Libertarian Party. There will be more of that. There will be more camaraderie. There will be more connection between the people that are involved. And we don't have to join the Mises Caucus or whatever other shit that we're doing, you know, for economic whatever, like. No, we can just literally be humans, be together, understand we have a different view, different opinions about things, and then talk about how, how can we both be happy? Because we can. I've seen it. We can all be happy. So let's figure out how we can all be happy. That's where I'm at. And hey, maybe that means I'm not happy 100%. But I'll take a nice 75-80. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, let's be real. Let's just be fucking realistic for a few moments here okay, and say that we could be living in Nigeria right now. We could be in Somalia. We could be in, well, seriously, we could be in the Central African Republic right now. Do you think we'd even get away with having this conversation? They'd fucking behead us. and would rape us and behead us. Like, think about where we are and, like, that we have these, these privileges that just being where we are right now give us. So if we can hold on to that and expand on it, I'm on board 100%. That's where I'm at. And that's why I became the way I am. And that's why my stances are the same. I don't really have stances. Like, I don't have a lot of beliefs. I don't know if you saw the movie Dogma. It's the best thing that was ever said in, this lo- in the movie Dogma it was like, you know, a lot of people have been murdered over their beliefs, you know. So I don't really have any beliefs, but I got some pretty good ideas. Because how often, I mean, it does happen, but how often do you really see people, you know, murdered over their ideas? Yeah. So I, I'm going to more go with, I have a pretty good idea. And I'm willing to accept new information as I move along and grow. So if I can request that of every other libertarian, every other anarchist, every other ancom, ancom, you know, agorist that I've ever met. That's really the one thing that I'm I ask of all of them: is be open-minded and be willing to be wrong about something, but still offer your point of view, even if it, you know, could be wrong. Like offer it, and and if it's not accepted, then that's a flaw on that other person. I still accept your point of view, even if I don't agree with it. It's still valid.
0: That's all. Oh, yeah. I just, just kind of wish society worked that way, is so. <laughs> Well said. I couldn't say it better. Well, fuck yeah, James. Thank you for coming on.
1: No, no worries. Thanks for coming to the, uh, the Liberty Garage here.
0: Uh,
1: our, uh, <laughs> modern, uh, random, uh, not much happening night. This was pretty good. We usually have uh, all kinds of shit going on here. But today was. Mm-hmm. I just felt like playing. Video games, strategy games, and fucking off really for the day. Like uh, all my needs were met, and uh, yeah, this is, this is just my kickback. Hell oh,
0: yeah, glad I can show on you for it. <laughs> right on, Eddie's
1: come back anytime. You're always welcome.
0: Well, there you have it, folks. As always, I'd like to thank my patrons for help making this happen. Love you, Eric, Jason, and Ann Skellerton. Thank you so much for your continued support, and if anyone else wishes to support these efforts and throw some money towards it, you can find me on Patreon, where you could support not just this podcast, but my writing, my occasional YouTube work, which I am planning to get back into, and some of the other things that I have been pulling off behind the scenes particularly organizing kudegra so definitely go check out patreon i also have paypal coin payments and bitbacker somewhere so yeah you can throw any sort of currency at me crypto or otherwise and Fucking come to Coup de Gras February 25th through March 2nd, 2022. Be sure to check out coup de for more information. That's C-O-U-P-D-E-G-R-A-S dot W-T-F. We are going to party hard out in the woods for Mardi Gras. It will be amazing. It will be an outdoor camping festival with other supplementary events, including a Mardi Gras Day drag ball, and it will be in St. Tammany Parish, Louisiana. We are looking for additional sponsorship of uh, vendors, speakers, etc. We will also have music, entertainment. We'll have comedy, drag, we will have some sort of direct action at the end to tie everything together, and we will have one hell of a Mardi Gras. So, come enjoy it. Love y'all. Until then, I will see y'all next month.